You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. And Merry Christmas to all of you. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'll be your host for today's show. Uh, That would be episode 275 of the Canadians Connection. I think it's an interesting coincidence that there's a two and a five in the episode number of the Christmas episode. 25th indeed the 275th and uh you just heard him i'm pleased of course to be joined in the studio by my co-host the editor-in-chief the founder and president of rocket sports mr christmas himself mr rick stevens the site editor of the hockey news montreal team site how you doing today sir Doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back to the hosting chair. Thank you so much. Michael Spinella is uh, traveling um, to spend time over the holidays with family. Yes. Uh, so we're very grateful that you're here with us on our Christmas show. And, and the, as, as others have said, the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. You don't want me to sing that. No, no, no. And today's Christmas show is going to be all about uh, being, being positive. Yeah. Positive perspectives of the Canadians prospect pipeline. Say that five times fast. Yeah. I'm sorry for the plosives. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's uh, it's going to be a fun show today for sure. We're going to get you caught up on all of the latest Montreal Canadians news and uh, updates of how their week has gone, as well as get uh, get some roster news uh, updated for you. Injuries, potential trades, that type of thing. Uh, We've got a very fun winners and losers segment this week, which you don't want to miss. And of course, on our Habs prospect report, um, we've got lots of news because we've got not only, of course, the junior hockey to talk about, the AHL, but we've also got World Juniors to talk about. We've got Spengler Cup to talk about, um, Trois Rivières. We've just got the cute. We've got a lot. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot in the prospect report this week, uh, including uh, we're going to spend some time discussing a bit about a new goaltender who is within the organization now, Casimir Kaskasuo, getting signed to a PTO by the Laval Rocket this week. So we're going to get you caught up on everything you need to know about that. And here are uh, some some quotes from him on the day that he signed that contract. Um, 
And then get you caught up on some fun news uh, and interesting news from around the hockey uh, community before our second segment arrives, our big topic segment, where we evaluate the progress of Canadians' prospects with the Laval Rocket, specifically. And uh, who better to do that with us than the one and only AHL guru, as you have so lovingly coined mm-hmm. him. Mr. Patrick Williams himself is back for his uh, second appearance here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to Canadians' prospects uh, in the second segment. Uh, and then in the third segment, we've got lots. We've got some viewer comments. We've got a question for uh, viewer comments from our YouTube channel, listener comments. Uh, we've got a question of the week for our listeners that we want to hear from you about. We have uh, other content that we want to get you caught up on. So lots of fun stuff on tap for the show today. What a great show. Uh, don't forget, as I just mentioned, we're going to talk about some of those viewer and listener comments that we've gotten. So uh, this is as you should know by now, an interactive podcast. And maybe you're just starting to uh, find the Canadians Connection podcast on your favorite podcast platform, or maybe you are just discovering it on YouTube podcasts and you're listening slash watching on YouTube as well. Well, if you don't know already, this is truly an interactive podcast. We'd love to hear from you, questions, comments, feedback. Uh, and a lot of times we share some of those best uh, messages from our loyal fans uh, here on the show. So you can text us. Easy way to do it. Of course, drop a comment on whatever platform you're watching or listening on. But easiest way is just to text us anytime. Uh, And that's through the Rocket Sports text line. You can do it at 585-3-ROCKET. Again, that's 585-3-ROCKET. And don't forget to follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to catch up on any episodes that you might have missed, just check out the archive at CanadiansConnection.fm. All right, Rick, we had, uh, there was four games on on the slate this past week. Busy week. Uh, starting uh, last weekend with a uh, visit from the New York Islanders. And, um, well, Canadians come out on top on that one, five to three. That was a pretty good game. Well, this was the final home game, the final game in the Bell Center for the calendar year 2023. And uh, ahead of the game, Marty St. Louis said he wanted he wanted a special effort from his team. He got that um, at, at least for two periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadians uh, dominated possession. They dominated shots, dominated uh, high-danger scoring chances. Um, and and after two periods, had um, had a 4 nothing lead. Got a bit of a scare in the um, in the third period. Brock Nelson uh, with a couple of goals early in the third. Uh, Bo Horvat had another for the Islanders, uh, but the Canadians prevailed um, and gave their coach exactly what he demanded with a five three win uh, at home. Absolutely. Then on Monday they kicked off their two week uh, Canadian Christmas uh, road trip. Um, I don't know why I said Canadian in there. Canadian seas, you know, it's all seas. It's all the seas. Uh, kicking off their two-week Christmas road trip, uh, but they started with against a Canadian team in Winnipeg, uh, took this one to overtime, and it was the Barron Brothers show. Which one gets the bragging rights at the holiday table this year? Well, it's going to be Mr. Justin Barron, who potted a very enthusiastic game-winning goal in extra minutes. Yeah, an overtime, uh, a power play goal in overtime, one minute into overtime, and that sealed the win for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. 
Game two on the road trip was another OT uh, OT affair, except this time the Canadians only walked away with one point uh, against the Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov having quite uh, a night for himself, and he's the one that managed to get the game winner in OT. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, 4.9 seconds left. Um, Cole Caulfield uh, kind of, uh, and, and there's been a lot of talk about Caulfield uh, and his improved defensive game. Not in this case. Um, no. He walked away from Kaprizov, who um, potted the game winner um, just right at the end of overtime. And uh, their final game before the Christmas break, a Friday 8.30 game in Chicago. Of course, Luke Richardson behind the bench, Connor Bedard on the ice. Um, and the Canadians found themselves down 2 to nothing uh, in this game early on. But then somehow turned it around, put up five unanswered goals and walked away uh, heading into the holiday with a 5-2 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. Listen to um, former Canadians coach and now Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson. And he said that uh, it was the Montreal Canadiens players who ramped up the battle level. They started winning battles in the second period and uh, he was... Disappointed that that his uh, team didn't have an answer for that, and uh, the Canadians walked away with the um, the pre Christmas win and and a, a really solid week for them. Absolutely, um, even despite that loss against uh, Minnesota, still walked away with a point, uh, and so that's gotten them to thirty five points on the season so far. That's nineteenth in the NHL with a fifteen thirteen and five record. Uh, I don't think we uh, likely would have predicted that's where they'd be sitting come Christmas time. So now the pro- projections have them um, looking at about an 82-point season. Uh, that means they they have about a, it's projected, uh, moneypuck.com is, is what we're looking at, a 12.7% chance of making the playoffs. And that's way up from, I mean, that still doesn't sound good, but it's no. way up from... Um, the one or two percent chance at the beginning of the season. Um, I'll just add here that um, we know that American Thanksgiving is a bit of a milestone. Well, Christmas Eve is also a bit of a milestone in the NHL. Historically, teams who are in a playoff spot on December twenty fourth have an eighty eighty five percent chance of making the playoffs. Means there's room for. 15% uh, of other teams to get in there. Maybe the Canadians are are one of those, but um, they're going to have to continue to have the kind of weeks that uh, that they just completed. Absolutely. So if you missed any of that game action or even throughout the holiday season, if you uh, have travels and commitments and so forth and you want to get caught up on everything that's going on with the Canadians, if you can't follow along game to game necessarily, then be sure you've booked Mark uh, the Hockey News Montreal team site, uh, that is THN.com slash Montreal, where you'll check out a weekly Habs notepad, uh, Habs headlines articles, featured articles, and of course our game day posts, both game previews and full game recaps uh, around every game. And that'll keep, that'll keep you in the know about the Canadians during the holiday season and all year long. Uh, in terms of roster news, uh, it looks like Jordan Harris is getting awfully close to making his return. Uh, he was on the road trip this week, uh, so it's uh, inching closer and closer to a return to game action for the defenseman. Perhaps we will see him back on the ice with his teammates uh, when they're back from Christ- Christmas break at the end of next week. 
Yeah, the difficulty is that um, the Canadians' defense is playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, we know that um, uh, with David Savard coming back, it was Gustav Lindstrom who has been a healthy scratch for the past few games. Not Jaden Struble, as, as many might have expected. Um, maybe you expected Struble to go back to the Laval Rocket. Um, but he's been playing very well. Um, we saw him score his his first and second goal against the Chicago Blackhawks. Struble, um, he had his first penalty, and his first penalty <laughs> happened to be a fight, uh, mm. which he won handily. And um, I don't think there's any question that Struble made the best save in that game. My goodness. Um, better than, than the, uh, the two goaltenders in the game. Um, standing in the crease when uh, Caden uh, Primo was down and out and and made a spectacular save. That's so right. um, Struble's fit right in, and um, and Gustav Lindstrom, um, you know, was was a patch uh, with all the injuries. Now, where is Jordan Harris going to go? We'll see uh, what happens uh, once the Canadians resume their road trip after uh, the Christmas break. Uh, speaking of another prospect, uh, Emil Heineman made his NHL debut this week, uh, which is pretty exciting uh, out there letting letting the breeze through his hair, bucketless out for his rookie lap. Uh, pretty exciting for Emil Heineman to, uh, to, to get to his NHL debut. In fact, um, on this week's Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel, I had listed out my top Christmas wish list items for the Montreal Canadiens. And one of them was that, please make sure, you know, Norlander came up and he didn't, he didn't get into a game. And so I, I didn't want that to happen for Heinemann. Get him. I said, get him into a game. And if it means you have to take Pizzetta out for, for that to happen, then, then so be it. But he needs to get into at least a game. And that's exactly what happened. That's who, that's who came out. Pizzetta sat, Heinemann came in, got to uh, realize his dream of getting his NHL debut. So you got your Christmas wish already. One of, yeah, one of them. I have many. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, it was nice to see Heineman, Heineman um, and uh, Ulanen. Um, actually, they look really well together. Yeah. They played on a line uh, on together in line. Laval. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, um, less than six minutes for Heineman um, against Minnesota. Uh, that was ramped up a little more. I think it was closer to nine minutes. Um, against uh, Chicago. So uh, nice to see him uh, getting an opportunity. And you, you mentioned his, his rookie lap uh, bucket list. Well, he got fined for that, but I'm sure it was, it's well, it worth was it. well worth it. You'd pay that any day. I'm sure that somebody on the team paid that for him. They better have. Um, the goaltending rumor continues to swirl for the Montreal Canadiens. It's kind of been the, the story of the season um, and a Apparently, according to Pierre Lebrun, uh, both the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils have checked in with Kent Hughes about the availability of one Jake Allen. Uh, so we'll see if that goes anywhere. Yeah, the uh, uh, trade freeze in effect. We'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes. But um, so if this happens, um, either the movement to, to either of these teams, it's likely to happen in January. The other issue is that some of these teams are uh, up against the cap. And um, the further you go along in the season, the more cap room you accumulate. So you might be able to take on a contract like Jake Allen. Um, Jake Allen's been playing really well. And, um, you know, goals saved above expected. We heard that a lot um, with respect to Sam Montembeau. 
Uh, Jake Allen has taken, with respect to the Canadians goaltenders, uh, Jake Allen has taken over the mantle um, for uh, the, the three Canadians goaltenders. He's ranked uh, 30th in the league, which maybe isn't what you want for your number one goaltender, but that's pretty good for um, a backup. Uh, Sam Montembeau is now ranked 33rd in the league in goals saved above expected, and Caden Primo is 41st, 41st um, in the league in that statistic. Hmm. Well, it'll be very interesting to see if this this rumor goes anywhere. Something's got to give at some point. Mm-hmm. Something's got to give. All right. I promised it uh, when we ran down the agenda for the show. We've got a very fun winners and losers segment this week. So let's get to it. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus is this week's winner. Well, of course. There can't be any losers. <laughs> there can't be any losers this week. Well, unless he's bringing coal to anybody. Mm. Those, that's, that's, that's a bad scene. But yes, Santa Claus is this week's winner. Um, and um, Rick, you actually had, you were the one that you, you, there was a very specific question that you wanted to ask for this week about the winners only, positive perspectives. So um, I thought it'd be fun yeah. um, to ask, what was your favorite hockey-themed Christmas present that you received? Because, uh, you know, that evokes good memories and, and, and winner. Um, you were a winner at Christmas um, when you got hockey stuff. Um, and so I just thought that would be a, a good question for us both to answer. Absolutely. Well, I have to say then that makes my winner my husband. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> uh, because um, all of my hockey gifts really um, have come from him. Um, and so I have to say, of all of them, I've gotten, I've had some really, really fun hockey-related gifts um, from Hubby. But uh, the the probably my favorite one and the most memorable one uh, is way back before he was my husband, when he was my boyfriend, what? when we were dating, uh, he bought me... My very first hockey jersey, my very first NHL sweater uh, came courtesy of my then boyfriend. Um, and it was a Flyers jersey, not an orange one. It's a black one. It's kind of the old school. It was the the, la- <coughs> the last iteration. I mean, this was a long time ago. Um, You're choking up. I am, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, it's emotional. It's, it's so emotional, emotional for you. <coughs> um, excuse me. Um no, it's uh, back before they went to that god-awful construction orange when they still had a really nice um, black sweater with orange and white accents. Uh, it's a great sweater, and uh, it's it was my very first one, so that is definitely my favorite hockey-themed Christmas present. Well, that's a terrific um, hockey-themed Christmas present, and mm. when I think back, the hockey jerseys, um, yeah, hockey jerseys were were in were a part of Christmas. Um, as I think back, um, getting Canadians jerseys, um, I got a really nice Jets jersey as well. Um, and I think of getting my dad um, a jersey and uh, in the nameplate, um, we put Zamboni because he was <laughs> always there to clean off the rink for us before we were on the, the backyard rinks. Um, but I didn't pick, uh, for my favorite, I didn't pick a, a a, a jersey, a, a sweater. Um, and I thought about, you know, there was, when you get the rod hockey, the tabletop hockey sets, oh, yeah. 
uh, as a kid, those are, yeah, I mean, those are, those are the, the ideal Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I got a pair of molded skates. Um, my brother and I both got molded, laying molded skates. Um, and for us, it was the first time we had ever, uh, got a brand new pair of skates. We had always, you know, the exchange thing and, and, um, get, you get your used skates and that makes sense for, you know, when you're little when ones. You're, yeah, for sure. Um, so these were new skates and that was a really big deal. Um, they were, they were really cold to wear outside, but, <laughs> but, um, no, that was terrific. And that was probably my, uh, favorite hockey themed Christmas present. Wow. Very nice. I like it. Um, and we're going to ask, well, I should just throw out the question of the week right Why now. Not? Yeah. So the question of the week for all of you listening is we want to know what your favorite hockey themed Christmas present has been. Uh, it could be one that you got. This year, maybe you got an early Christmas present this year. Or it could be one that you got a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, when you were a kid, whenever. What's your favorite hockey-themed Christmas present? Um, be sure to send us a text at 5853-ROCKET. Let us know. Uh, you can send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Uh, you can drop us a comment on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, YouTube channel. Just let us know what was your favorite hockey-themed Christmas present that you can recall. All right, we are going to switch gears now to the prospects, and uh, we are going to pop into the Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects. So each week, uh, we kind of kick the segment off by highlighting a Montreal Canadiens prospect, um, typically like outside the AHL, perhaps somebody playing either in, in Europe or playing in junior hockey. And so this year, it's someone who's playing in the queue. Uh, and that is Quebec Remparts goaltender Quentin Miller. Yeah, and we remember uh, the draft uh, where the Montreal Canadiens selected uh, three goaltenders. Mm -hmm. uh, Quentin Miller was selected in the fourth round, 128th overall at uh, this past draft. Um, and when he was selected last, we remember, Quebec Remparts winning the Memorial Cup, um, and for that team, uh, Quentin Miller was the backup. Mm -hmm. uh, so limited action um, last season on a very good team, um, and he had an outstanding record uh, as such. This year, uh, Quebec Rempart's not in that same situation. You go no. all in, um, and uh, their team is, is, um, has been struggling a little bit. And uh, Quentin Miller is learning to be that number one goaltender for that uh, struggling team. His record is 11, 13, and 1, 305 goals against, and a 901 save percentage. However, we've learned, and we've learned that uh, uh, Quebec, uh, uh, that the Quebec Remparts have been involved in a trade with the Ramouski Oceanic, not been made um, official uh, yet, not been made public yet. Yeah. That's right. Um, not sure what the reason for that is, but the Journal de Montréal uh, reports that Quentin Miller will um, move to the uh, Rimouski Oceanic 
uh, on the 29th of December. Um, okay. And uh, for their trouble, uh, the Remparts are going to get uh, a first and second round picks, first and second round picks uh, in 2025 from the Oceanic and a player to be named later. Um, and so why is this trade happening? Well, Quebec, not the same team they were last year. They went all in. They gave up a lot of draft picks. They want to restock the cupboard. Uh, uh, the Ramuski Oceanic, are they thinking they're going to have a big year this year? Maybe not. However, uh, the Oceanic host, it was announced that they'll be hosting the 2025 Memorial Cup. They'll have um, um, an entry um, as for being the host. So this is building, getting a, a good quality goaltender who's going to help you in the 2025 uh, season. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, really interesting um, is that... Uh, that Miller is going to play one last game, uh, th- kind of odd. You don't want to uh, typically, you know, we've seen players held out of the lineups when there is a trade pending uh, for risk of injury. However, um, that uh, Quentin Miller is slated to play one last game uh, for the Ramparts against the Sherbrooke Phoenix on December 28th. Um, so, I mean, odd. Trade, trades in... In junior hockey, are always fun. I've seen yeah. that. Uh, here's one that um, that pay attention uh, when you hear it. Um, when you hear it announced, you'll say you heard it on the Canadians Connection first. And we tip the cap to Journal de Montréal for um, uh, for digging this information. Absolutely. Um, in other prospect action, uh, the World Junior Championships is blank. Right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's the Christmas episode. That means it's the Boxing Day World Junior Championship uh, last one before the last show before that starts. And uh, prelim action has actually already begun uh, for for the World Juniors. Um, So who is playing? Which prospects can we be keeping an eye on for the World Juniors this year? Tis the most wonderful time of the year. It's it's just a tremendously fun tournament to watch. Well, for Team Canada, there's none other than Owen Beck. Um, and I think that he is going to, uh, in his return to Team Canada, he's taking on uh, quite a different look this year than he did last year. And I expect him to make some some pretty, uh, uh, leave a pretty big stamp on on this team. Um, in the, the pre-competition games, Owen Beck has been centering the third line with Nate Danielson, uh, the tro- Detroit prospect, and Owen Allard um, against Switzerland. Uh, the Canadians won that game. The Team Canada won that game 6-3. Uh, Owen Beck had two goals to, to lead uh, Team Canada. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I think that, um, that it's his leadership uh, that's going to certainly help this uh, Team Canada um, as they go through the, the competition. Absolutely. The United States, uh, and I am... Completely unbiased in saying they have a stack team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the favorites for a lot of people. Um, and Lane Hudson and Jacob Fowler both playing for Team USA this year. Um, and of course, Lane Hudson is gonna is gonna be a remarkable player to watch. And the big question is, you know, what is the the goaltending distribution gonna look like between Fowler and Trey Augustine? Yeah, um, interesting that um, as we're recording, there's a pre-competition game on now. The U.S. versus Canada, 
uh, and Jacob Fowler got the start in that game. Um, he, the two of them, Trey Augustine and, and Jacob Fowler, as as we mentioned last week, are roommates through this. Uh, they see this as uh, healthy competition, um, and let's hope that um, that we see a lot of of Jacob Fowler, who's had a, a yeah. tremendous season so far uh, in Boston. Uh, for Slovakia, Philip Meshar making that team, and it's uh, he's uh, actually had a little bit of uh, additionally fun news this week. He's been named the alternate captain uh, for the Slovakian squad. Uh, so that's uh, an evident that's uh, confirmation of of his uh, leadership abilities with the Slovakian team. Of course, we talked about him uh, also having a terrific season with Kitchener. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be fun. And and um, the Hockey News has put out a, a survey. Um, also, the site editor, of, well, not only for the Canadians but for the QMJHL, uh, as we've said many times. And uh, so I was involved in a survey. Um, about what we think, the predictions, uh, what I think is going to happen. Um, I have the U.S. Um, taking gold, uh, Sweden silver, and Canada in the bronze position. Um, Lane Hudson, uh, beautiful stretch pass uh, in the game, um, Canada versus uh, U.S. Um, being the the tournament MVP and the best defenseman, um, you have so many choices for uh, the forwards. Uh, Macklin Celebrini, we're pleased that uh, uh, the incident uh, in that game uh, versus Switzerland, he um, didn't receive any further disciplinary action. Cutter Goche for the U.S. team. Uh, Latera Mackey for Sweden. They're all going to be good. Um, and let's, uh, let's see. There, there's some really good goaltenders uh, at the tournament as well. We mentioned Fowler, uh, Trey Augustine, uh, Adam Gajan for Slovakia, um, Michael Rabel uh, for the Czechs. So this is this is going to be a terrific tournament. Uh, all the action starting on Boxing Day. Absolutely on Boxing Day. What can we look forward to? Finland taking on Team Canada, uh, the Slovaks taking on Czechia, which will be pretty fun, and the USA facing off against Norway on Boxing Day. So. I know what I'll be doing on and December 26th. The Swedes also play that day, but the, the games you listed are the ones that include the Montreal Canadiens prospects. Yes, that's true. Uh, speaking of European tournament action, the 2023 Spengler Cup is going to get underway, and Team Canada announced their roster. Just one or two familiar names on it. Yeah, there is. There's <laughs> <laughs> there's a real Canadians connection um, here, and yes. um, well, first, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Boudreau is going to be the head coach. That's his um, first international coaching uh, assignment. Um, and uh, um, who's the the GM? Uh, Thornton, I think, is okay. the uh, yeah, which is uh, fascinating. Um, but for Canadians connections, um, Eric Jelena, uh, played for, um, for Laval, Nathan Beaulieu, uh, for the, mm-hmm. playing for the Montreal Canadians. And we know is playing with David Reinbacher, uh, currently Dan Odette, uh, the small sniper, Jordy Ben, um, and Nicholas Bodin, who is currently, uh, playing with the Laval Rocket. That's right. Uh, so plenty of uh, familiar names on that roster as they get set to start the Spengler Cup tournament. 
Speaking of the Laval rocket, they've had a, a week at both ends of the spectrum, let me tell you. Uh, last Saturday, they uh, wrapped up their... Uh, no, actually, sorry, uh, that was the second game. They were in the middle of their last road trip before the Christmas break, visiting the league-leading Hershey Bears, the defending Calder Cup champions, uh, who have not slowed down one bit since they won the Cup uh, back in June. And uh, with Straussman and Net, it was an absolute drubbing. Uh, Hershey winning that one seven to one. It wasn't even close. It never was close. <laughs> it was absolutely a game that if you watched it, I'm sorry, you could you should you should just forget it. <laughs> um, interesting for me is Straussman played. Straussman looked awful, and he played the entire game. Yeah. Um, so uh, Javuel wasn't. Uh, anxious to to sub in uh, Jakob Dobas, and that's fine. You protect the prospect, uh, the player who is not part of your future. Uh, future of your organization is allowed to, um, to to struggle in the game, and that's what happened. That's right. Well, and it was also because uh, Dobas had played the night before, putting up 42 saves in a 45 shot game, mm -hmm. um, and then he got the start and and won that game. I should I should mention that was his second consecutive win and so then he started Wednesday night's game in Syracuse backstopping the Laval Rocket to a third consecutive win with him in the crease uh, winning that one against Joel Bouchard's team three to two very nice um, and then they came back home uh, for Friday night one last home game before the Christmas break uh, with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in town and again with Dobesh in net his fourth consecutive victory uh, in starts, 5-2, to two, same score that the Canadians put up uh, against Chicago on the same night. Uh, Arbor Jacki scoring his first AHL goal. It came on the power play. It was a really nice snipe from the high slot. Uh, and Sean Farrell was back in the lineup after injury, uh, getting a goal and assist and was plus three on the night. So uh, really uh, ended up being a perfect week Wednesday, Friday for, for Laval. And they put that 7-1 loss last Saturday uh, firmly in the rearview mirror. And Sean Farrell wearing the helmet after the game awarded by his teammates and the coach. Uh, they really appreciated having him back in the lineup. That's right. In addition to that, Leas Anderson also returned to the lineup from injury on Friday night. Uh, he had been out even longer than Sean Farrell. So uh, those are two key pieces to the forward core that J.F. Wool gets back uh, just before Christmas. And they'll certainly... Uh, be needed because when they come back uh, from their break next week, they have their very first three and three of the season. And so they're going to need all the firepower they can get. Uh, that leaves Laval with a current record of nine, 13, three and two. That is a 426 points percentage. So it's still not pretty. They are still sitting 27th in the AHL. There is still a lot of work to do, but they are, you know, with the way the playoff points are distributed or qualifying, qualifying is distributed in the AHL, you know, if they can continue this, there is a chance that they could make the postseason. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll just have to see how all of that shakes out. They play uh, on Thursday at Belleville, and then they come home for uh, Syracuse. Uh, they, they face off against Syracuse again on Friday night. That'll be Bouchard's first visit back to Laval. Uh, and so that'll be an interesting game for sure. Will he wear a cape? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know.
<laughs> uh, the 12 Revere Lions in the ECHL uh, not faring as well. Um, in fact, I believe they lost all three of their games last week, uh, losing four to one to the Norfolk Admirals, uh, lost in overtime two to one to the Adirondack Thunder, and uh, then three to one on Friday night, another loss there. Yeah, Worcester against um, Worcester. Um, I, I, I said it last week. The, the bottoms just dropped out. It um, really has. They're now 13, 13 and one uh, and have dropped to seven place in, in the Eastern Conference. They've lost six straight games. Um, and I said it last week. Uh, they the, the offense has dried up. They have a real problem scoring goals. As you listen to what uh, the scores you just read, they scored three goals the entire week. Mm-hmm. Um, they cannot score goals. Um, that's not all. Uh, you know, there's a couple of players uh, that were called up to AHL teams, both the Laval Rocket and and others. Uh, that's not all. Um, you know, the problem of of those players missing. Uh, they're just uh, the offense is just not there. Not at all. Uh, so uh, also should mention, in addition to, of course, we have our Laval Rocket coverage, and Christie also does a Trois Rivières ECHL notepad uh, each week as well. But if you are looking for information about the Q, uh, then you should also be sure to check out our Hockey News QMJHL site. That's at thn.com slash QMJHL. That's your most excellent English language coverage of the Quebec Maritimes Junior Hockey League. Well said. And, of course, all of our Canadians' prospects coverage, the Laval Rocket, the Trois uh, Rivières Lions. You can find that at thn.com slash Montreal. So be sure you're always checking that out. Uh, so I mentioned uh, Straussman, absolutely, you know, that that loss of his, it, it's been since the beginning of, I, th- I want to say November 11th was the last time Straussman won a game. It's it's mm. been quite a stretch for him uh, in his last starts, uh, and he has he has struggled mightily. And I think that, uh, as I mentioned on Tuesday's episode of the Rocket Hockey Report uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, I think that Saturday game was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because uh, Monday morning we saw a, an announcement that a PTO had been signed for a goaltender. Uh, in in Laval, and that is veteran goaltender Casimir Cascasuo. Um, if you want to learn all about who Cascasuo is, a little bit about his career, what kind of goaltender he is, um, I invite you to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs, and check out this week's uh, episode of the Rocket Hockey Report. Uh, Patrick Williams joined me on that show, bringing his insight from the AHL and his knowledge of Cascasuo. We talked in depth about, about him um, fa- Laval fans might find that name familiar because he did play for the Toronto Marlies for a couple of years. Uh, and it's it's going to be an interesting thing now, Rick, to see. Uh, Cascasuo is someone, he's he's played the last two seasons in Lex- for Lexans in the Swedish Hockey League. He has not played this season. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting thing. I think, I think it's a good thing to get a little bit of pressure off Jakob Dobish, but we'll see how all of this kind of shakes out with now, now there's three goaltenders in Montreal and there's three goaltenders in Laval. <laughs> Why not? There's goaltenders aplenty. Um, the difference, Cascasio is, is a veteran, 30 mm-hmm. years old, um, and, and does have experience um, in a number of leagues, whether yes. it's AHL, ECHL, 
um, and and abroad, as as you mentioned in in the SHL. Um, he came from uh, Finland, uh, but played his junior hockey for the University of Minnesota Duluth, and and uh, was pretty good for UMD, mm-hmm. um, and has settled in the uh, Minnesota area. Um, so he he's he's uh, a bit of a fascinating. Uh, guy, um, I, I found it interesting. Stress man, we always wondered why. Why in the world would uh, the Canadians have signed uh, Strauss man? Um, but he seemed to be Strauss man seemed to be a bit of a go between between the ECHL and um, and uh, 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 the AHL, uh, but a smaller goaltender, um, which is unusual for the Canadians organization to sign. Uh, at six foot, uh, even uh, Kaskaskuo is actually six three, and uh, that fits that um, unofficial rule that uh, we've been told that the Canadians have about goaltenders. Hopefully, he can uh, better fill the net uh, than Straussman has. Absolutely, he uh, did not. He joined the team in Syracuse to practice with them on Tuesday. Uh, did not dress for their game on Wednesday and then returned back to Laval with them, practiced and dressed as Jakob Dobish's backup for Friday night's game. So I imagine in their three and three that they're going to play next week, Thursday, Friday and Saturday afternoon, uh, that we will see him get into a game in that stretch uh, and and kind of see what happens. Interesting that that they're not easing him in um, necessarily, no. especially a guy who has not yet played this season, has no. not played for uh, about nine months um, in as the backup and, and look probably looking to get him into games after Christmas. I would imagine so. Um, we mentioned, he, you know, he does have some experience. He's, he's a bit of a He's quite a character. I think this is going to be a fun. I think fans are going to have some fun with Casimir Kaskasuo uh, being part of the Laval Rocket. Uh, he is not only a goaltender, but he is a self-described uh, content creator as mm. well. He has a very popular YouTube channel, over 60,000 subscribers. Uh, he he is basically a vlogger. He gives people a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to be a professional goaltender, his training routines, uh, his travel, uh, what gear he uses, how he works out, how he trains, you know, and and glimpses of his family, his wife and his daughter, and and, and so on and so forth. So he's very popular on social media. He's got, uh, Rick, I believe you told me this morning, he's got a very popular TikTok account as well and an Instagram account. Um so <laughs> he's this everywhere. is going to be interesting. But I've heard that name before. I've, I, and, and yes, uh, he played um, played for the Marlies. But mm-hmm. uh, more recently, that name has uh, been in the news. And um, yeah, my goodness. Well, uh, it was uh, playoffs uh, it, with Lexans. I believe it was last year in the spring. It's in March. Yeah. It's in March. Um, and they lost in overtime in a game he was playing in. And, um, I'm pretty sure he wasn't thinking (laughs) three unanswered goals. He was very frustrated as soon as they lost the game, very angry, very frustrated, uh, believed there were two penalties that two, two calls that the refs should have made that would have not led to the, the winning goal against him and his team. 
Uh, and that didn't happen. And so as soon as that goal happened, uh, before he skated off the ice, he picked up his water bottle off of his net and chucked it uh, clear across practically over to the to the dot, to the face-off circle, and smacked a ref in the back with his water bottle. Yeah. Uh, it was a great uh, It's a great, great throw. Arm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a great arm. Um, um, yeah, and got he was a, for got, that. got suspended. Got suspended. For uh, that. All forms of improper body contact against a referee <laughs> or other official must be punished. Uh, so he was. Um, it happened just at the end of Lexan's uh, regular season. So he was suspended for the final uh, three regular season games and first two playoff matchups. Now he's. At the time, was the the number two goaltender, so it it didn't really it didn't affect them too uh, affect much. Them too much, um, but but yes, he, <laughs> uh, he he was unable to uh, control his temper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, then the very next vlog entry that he made on his YouTube <laughs> channel, vlog he, about it. He was like, "Okay, I guess I know you've all seen it, and so I guess we're gonna have to talk about it." So here's what he had to say um, probably a few days or maybe a week or so after the infamous water bottle throwing incident. Obviously, everything that led into that that big moment was overtime and uh, their guy, they have a line change. The guy who's coming off the ice is still on the ice when the guy who jumps on plays the puck. I think he even grabs the puck because it would have been too many men. He goes over the blue line. It should have been offside. And it, that's the guy who comes down and breakaway scores. Letting a goal, lose the game. Should have been an offside. Should have been too many men. So a lot of things that kind of happened and then boiled over. Obviously, I should have never done that. And I, it's embarrassing. And, and it's something that obviously should never happen. Yeah, he yeah. said it was it was a learning <laughs> learning moment. Learning moment, but everything <laughs> built up. He had given up a soft goal. It was in overtime there. Should have been offside. Too many men and he he just yeah, he just lost it at that point. And he promises it'll never happen he again. He promises, yes, it would never happen again. <laughs> Although he said that in in the dressing room uh, the, his teammates found it quite hilarious. Yeah, they did. Um and and so I'm sure he was I'm sure that one went down in infamy. In the dressing room. I wonder why he sat out for the last nine months. See, I don't, well, (laughs) you know. So, okay. Uh, He's obviously a passionate, emotional goaltender. And sometimes that works for you. Sometimes it works against you. Um, But I think having a big personality like that with with some really decent experience um, and and who has played in the AHL who, and we're going to hear him talk about this uh, in, in a few moments has played in the North division has played against the Laval rocket. Um, This is, this is a good thing. Um, You know, as long as he can control that temper, this, this could be a good thing for not only just to steady the ship for Laval, but really specifically for Jakob Dobish, uh, somebody that can help, um, take some of the pressure off of Dobish, let Dobish just kind of relax and concentrate on what he needs to concentrate on. What I love is that, you know, he is a character. He's obviously got a big personality. And so when he, his most recent uh, vlog post on, on YouTube uh, was after he had signed this PTO with Laval. So we got to see 
his reaction uh, with his family and his excitement about the fact that he had signed a professional tryout with an American Hockey League team. And so first we're going to hear from him. Uh, this is him telling his daughter at her fifth birthday party uh, that he's got some pretty big news. Fox, I got to tell you something. Even though it's your birthday, daddy got a present today. I got a team. I'm going to go play hockey. I'm going to go play hockey. Can you say go rocket? Go Rocket! Woo! We're ready to go! Let's go! Yay! Woo. We're going to leave today though! We're going to Canada! We're back to Canada! Hi. Go hockey! We did it! We did it! The way paid off! It's a Christmas miracle! <laughs> a Christmas miracle. That, that is a great moment uh, for him to share. His uh, daughter Fox, his wife Whitney, um, and they're all obviously uh, very excited. They've, as he said, he, they've been waiting for this kind of news for a long time. Uh, in the video, he he talks about that things had started to happen mm -hmm. uh, over the last week or two. Um, he had an offer that he considered a good opportunity from a Swedish team. Um, he had a good offer from a Finnish team, and they wanted a, a quick answer. Um, he said there was a safety net officer uh, offer from uh, the an ECHL team, and then um, the AHL offer came through from the Laval Rocket, and he said that was that was Plan A for him. Absolutely, and as I say, I I speculate that it was after that Hershey game on Saturday. I have a feeling that's when uh, Laval started to take a look and probably started making those phone calls. Um, and so, as as we mentioned, he's he's familiar with Laval. He's played against them, and uh, his excitement about joining this team specifically uh, was very evident in this video that he posted. Oh, oh man, I'm fired up. I'm so fired up. And obviously, Laval is in the North Division, where I've played a couple years for Toronto. So. Uh, I'm already looking forward to the first game against Toronto. I think the first one won't be until February sometime, but uh, yeah, looking looking forward to that one already. Got it circled around in the calendar, but uh, yeah, stoked to go in division where, where, you know, I was an all-star in 2020 and just comfortable with and just coming back from Europe and going back to somewhere where I'm comfortable. He's comfortable. He's fired up. Mm -hmm. um, and and listen, a busy day for him. Um, as you said, his daughter's uh, fifth birthday, um, but got the call from uh, from his agent and, and talked to, to the Rocket. And um, uh, he quickly packed um, and headed to the airport. I think he's based in, in Minnesota, headed to Washington and then to Syracuse. Mm -hmm. uh, but took the time to look at the Rockets' schedule. And where are those Marlies? Where, yeah. <laughs> when, when are we going to face the Marlies? And he circled that date uh, in February already. If he sticks around that uh, long enough um, to get to that point, the, you know, the Marlies are a, a divisional opponent, but and divisional opponents usually play each other in the AHL 10 to 12 times. Mm -hmm. And they haven't played the Marlies very much at all yet so if he's able to stick around he's going to see an awful lot of the marlies yeah. in february <laughs> and march and april so uh it could be very exciting uh for for all of that so welcome to casimir kaskasuo um it's uh, a new chapter it's a new adventure we'll see how all of this works out uh and it's going to be pretty fun to follow along with
All right. Uh, before we get to our second segment, because uh, we're going to talk about Kaskasuo and Dobesh and the goaltending and some prospects and, and whatnot, uh, a bit more coming up here in the second segment when Patrick Williams joins us here in the studio. But before we get there, just a few uh, big pieces of news and notes from around the hockey world. Uh, starting in the NHL, uh, you mentioned this uh, briefly a few minutes ago, Rick, but the NHL's holiday freeze is now officially in effect. Teams cannot trade or waive players until December 28th now. So wherever you're at, you're at. Yeah, there's some emergency uh, exceptions. exceptions there, but um, we're not going to see any any trades until after that and maybe into the new year. That's right. Uh, an update out of uh, Philadelphia news, but not necessarily about the Flyers themselves, more on the GM, Danny Briere and his son. You'll remember Carson Briere uh, had an incident earlier this year, uh, pushing a woman's, uh, thinking that it was you know hilarious to push a woman's wheelchair, uh, empty wheelchair down the stairs in a, a Pennsylvania bar back in March. Well, uh, Rick, he has uh, his sentencing basically has come in uh, at, finally. And this happened in uh, Erie County District uh, mm-hmm. Attorney Office. Uh, he's uh, uh, Carson has been given 15 months of uh, probation. Um, he applied for what's called an accelerated rehabilitative uh, disposition. He was accepted. Um, and that means that, um, he goes through this program. He, he has 15 uh, months of probation. If he successfully completes that, um, the misde- misdemeanor charges that, um, uh, is misdemeanor mischief, I think, um, those charges will be dismissed and his record will be expunged. Mm. Um, and, um, but you know, this was a player who was playing for Mercyhurst, um, and maybe had a bit of a future, and and now that's uh, certainly in jeopardy. And he's been um, he's playing in Europe. Well, he's not playing currently, but uh, he's listed on a team in Europe in France. Uh, so he's likely to play in Europe next season. That's right. Uh, Montreal news. Forbes has uh, published their most valuable NHL teams list for the year for 2023. Rick, where do the Canadians fall in terms of being a valuable NHL? Um, just franchise? filthy rich. Yeah. That's oh, where they fall. Really? Just wickedly and filthily rich. Ah, okay. Um, Great. <laughs> we knew this was coming because um, remember the little transaction um, Michael and Andlauer made yeah. uh, buying the um, Ottawa Senators. And to do that, he had to sell his share of the Montreal Canadiens. And, and to know what the shares were worth, uh, the Canadians had to be valued. So we knew it was going to be over $2 billion that the franchise was valued at. Forbes listed uh, the Canadians uh, having a value of $2.3 billion. Uh, that places them third in the NHL behind the Rangers at 2.65 and behind the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, first overall at 2.8 billion dollars um yeah revenue for the canadians 265 million dollars a year 99 million dollars operating revenue and um as we said a bit of a bargain because the uh the players salaries have remained static the last few years that's going to go up next year um but the canadians are doing all right and and part of that is because they have they have such a lucrative uh regional tele uh, uh TV contract in both English and French. 
Um, Canadians are doing fine. And they're charging 200 bucks a pop for Yuppie to come right. by your... <laughs> That's just awful. It's just <laughs> awful. Awful. Um, in Ottawa, DJ Smith out, fired. And who's the interim head coach? Dun, 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 dun. It's the return of Jacques Martin. <laughs> what was old is new again. Yeah, And but... Daniel Alfredson also joining Martin's staff as an assistant coach. Yeah, popular move in Ottawa, yeah. obviously. Uh, Jacques Martin, you know, is he made for the modern NHL? Mm. I, I don't know about that, but he's going to certainly fix up the um, senator's defensive uh, issues. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll have a go at that. Named interim <laughs> head coach. We'll see what happens as the season goes along. But Michael Endlauer, who I had just mentioned, is putting his stamp on things in Ottawa. Absolutely. Uh, finally, uh, just before we head to our break and get Patrick Williams settled into the studio, uh, Jay Fresh Hockey put out a fan survey. This is pretty fun. This is interesting. Who are the top three teams voted most hated by each <laughs> NHL fan base? So, so take every NHL fan base and survey them on which which three teams do you hate the most. It's pretty fun. That's pretty, and it's pretty eye opening. Yeah, it's a great survey. Um, the J Fresh Hockey does work with Elite Prospects, the website. Um, for the Montreal Canadiens, um, the most hated teams, this shouldn't be a surprise. No. Um, the top three are uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in one, Boston Bruins second, and the Ottawa Senators third. If you had a fourth option, um, the Nordique <laughs> are still pretty well, yeah. hated uh, in these parts. So um, uh, interesting. You look at at uh, the Boston Bruins, the most hated teams are Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> And Florida Panthers, which is a bit odd. Yeah. Um, Ottawa Senators, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Detroit Red Wings, and the Montreal Canadiens. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, they hate the Boston Bruins, the Montreal the Canadians. Canadians, and the Ottawa Senators. Gee. So uh, lots everybody of loves there. everybody. Um, the other, the only other place that the Canadians showed up uh, on most hated teams by the fan base is uh, with respect to the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets hate. Um, the Golden Knights, they hate the Leafs. Everybody hates the Leafs. And and the Montreal Canadiens. Oh. That's, yeah. That's I, I guess because the Canadiens uh, fans fill their building. Probably. Uh, when uh, Montreal's in town. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Still to come, of course, uh, we've got lots of things to catch you up on. And in our second segment, as we promised, Patrick Williams is going to be here with us. Uh, we are the three of us are going to have a really close look at the prospects for the Canadians who are currently playing for the Laval Rocket, uh, have spent time in Laval this year. And we're going to kind of get a, a barometer reading uh, on on how they are faring so far this year. Uh, don't forget, uh, leave us your comments at Rocket Sports on Twitter or on the Rocket Sports fan page on Facebook. And of course, you can always hit us up at 5853 Rocket. And so we are going to discuss all of that and more. You're going to want to stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, it's hockey season once again. And although I love using DraftKings Sportsbook to, I don't know, enhance and make more fun my NFL watching week to week, 
it's even more fun when you get in on the action with the NHL and DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, whether it's daily fantasy, whether it's uh, same game parlays that you're doing on Sportsbook, or whether you're just placing straight up money line bets, DraftKings Sportsbook makes it fun and easy for you to bet the action on the ice. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. Now that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson once again. You can find me, of course, on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports and our site editor for the Hockey News Montreal team site at THN.com slash Montreal. His name is Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. And of course, you can follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram Visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm. And hey, just as a reminder, don't forget, if you haven't done so already, tap subscribe. Whatever podcast player or app you are currently listening, or if you're watching on YouTube even, however you're currently enjoying this podcast, be sure that uh, you have hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode every week. Uh, you know, Rick, developing prospects is really a crucial component of the Montreal Canadiens rebuild. We know that they have put development as a priority for this season, uh, needing to get the crop of really talented prospects that the Canadians have in the organization, and particularly the ones that have already started their pro career, uh, getting them ready to eventually make that jump to the NHL uh, and ensuring that they learn how to do that properly, transitioning to the NHL. And that's one of the ways that the Laval Rocket can really contribute to the goals of the organization. Um and, and I think it's, I mean, it's something that we have focused on uh, for a very long time at Rocket Sports, mm -hmm. uh, seeing the importance and back to the, the days of, of the Bulldogs and, and uh, then the Ice Caps and now the, the Laval Rocket. It's, um, we have uh, developed a real expertise and, and the team that we have uh, reporting on the Rocket um, this season and, and for the last few seasons, yourself, uh, managing that, Chris G uh, in Laval, Chris G in the press box for all the home games, and then the expertise uh, 
from the entire AHL uh, of Patrick Williams. We cover it. We cover it from every angle mm-hmm. uh, to help uh, our fans, our listeners, our readers um, f- able to better follow what's going on with the Laval Rocket and the Montreal Canadiens prospects that are there. That's right. Uh, so we are with with that name being said. Uh, we're going to invite uh, Patrick Williams into the studio with us because we want to take a closer look at the progress of some of those AHL rookies um, and and even talk about one who's already been graduated to the NHL in Jaden Struble. Uh, and, uh, well, I think Patrick and I are even going to pick out some some prospect names out of the hat to uh, to talk a little bit more about in depth, too. So let's get right to it. Well, it's an exciting day here at the Canadians Connection podcast, uh, not only because I get to be here in the guest hosting seat today, which I'm, I'm very happy to do, but also because um, the Press Zone gang is back together today, basically. Uh, basically yeah. We've got uh, Patrick Williams joining us uh, for his newest uh, appearance here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Patrick Williams, of course, the AHL writer for NHL.com, as well as the features writer for theAHL.com, and a very valued contributor here at Rocket Sports Media. Patrick, it's good to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. Oh. The angels have arrived too. <laughs> We've missed the angels. The AHL guru needs angels. That's right. <laughs> Particularly the week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry to Christmas. You. Merry Christmas. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's glad to have you back on the show today. And uh, we we're gonna get to talk about the Laval Rocket a bit with you today, which is gonna be fun. A lot to dissect there. Yeah, and and I think I I think um, with the expert on the Laval Rocket, Amy Johnson, and with the expert on the AHL, Patrick Williams, um, it behooves me to just sit back and uh, listen to your expertise and really? maybe ask the questions and guide this guide us through this a bit, um, because. And, and, and listen, we talk about prospects a lot on the Canadians connection, um, and, uh, with, with the Canadians and the highly touted prospect pipeline. Um, but sometimes, uh, it makes sense to, to take a, a segment like this and focus completely on, on Laval. And, um, we're already more than a, a third of the way, uh, through the AHL uh, season Laval Rocket have played uh, 26 games already, just 46 games remaining on their schedule. So I thought it would be a good time to take a look at some of the players that are in Laval, some of the players that have graduated from Laval, sort have, um, and and um, and look at I, I get your perspective on uh, how they're doing, how they're progressing, how they're developing. Um, as we know, um, Laval hasn't had. A terrific season uh, near the bottom of the standings in points percentage uh, as we're recording this. But there has to be some good news. There has to be some development. There has to be some excitement. Um, so we brought you here for the excitement. Um, first of all, and I'll get you both to, to jump in on this. Um, I, I, I picked out a forward, a defenseman and a goaltender prospects all. Um, and really their first season uh, with Lavelle. And um, I wondered if you'd like to talk about Jakob Dobas in goal, 
Logan Mayu on defense, and Joshua Waugh um, on forward. And sure. let me let me start with um, let me start with Patrick. Okay, uh, who do you, you want to go with? Dobish first. Let's t- let's start with the goaltending first. Uh, yeah. Given that I have a preference, uh, an affinity towards goaltenders. <laughs> Understood. Uh, so, Dobish, this is a this is a difficult one because uh, and, and Amy and I were we had touched on this a little bit. Uh, it goes back, I think, to how the team was constructed this past summer, right? Um, you know, and and the traditional setup for an AHL team, it really, for really a, a depth chart for an entire NHL operation is obviously you have your two, your two goalies up top. Your number three is usually a good, solid, proven veteran guy. Somebody that can kind of go up and down uh, between the uh, big team when needed, if there's an injury, and then when they're in the AHL, they could be a dependable number one. And then you put the prospect kind of in that number four slot, in which case that would be Dovish, you know, a, a player that showed a lot of potential uh, past two years at Ohio State, um, you know, came out with some, I think, some real optimism. Instead, what happened with, with Laval was... Uh, Dobish was kind of put into that number three slot. Number four was Strauss Mann, who was also unproven at the AHL level. And the two of them were kind of thrown, <laughs> I would say, in some ways, thrown to the wolves. Uh, a little bit of a sink or swim mm-hmm. um, setup, which is more kind of an old school way of doing things, maybe from 10, 15 years ago. Not a fan of it, I have to say. Um, particularly if you're going to do that, you need to have a deep club in front of you, right? Especially defensively, you know, on your blue line. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, like you're bringing in, you know, Mayu, you know, who's a rookie. Uh, Struble was a rookie, right? Like, you know, Bisson was coming back. Like, you know, there wasn't a ton of veteran depth there. Um, that you would want if you're going to go with two young goalies. So as a result, man struggles. Dobish is put into that uh, that spot. I think he has to take on a heavier workload than maybe you would want for a young rookie goalie. Uh, and the numbers, you know, obviously haven't been there for him. I think he's he's shown potential. Like he, you, you certainly have at times been able to see you know, some things that you would like. But I just find you know as with much of this team it's hard to get a great barometer on things because there's not a lot of support around him. And, you know, and, and, and that also works, you know, conversely for, you know, for the other, you know, for defensemen and, and forwards. Like if, if the goaltending is, is struggling at times, it kind of complicates some issues up there. So it's, you know, a little bit of a chicken in the egg type of scenario. And, um, you know, for me though, yeah, I come back to, um, it's all fine and well to have prospects and to certainly put them into, uh, you know, top positions, but you really need to have that, uh, that buffer zone and, you know, somebody that can kind of take the wheel a little bit, you know, when, uh, you hit some, you know, hit some t- turbulence and the first two months of pretty much any HL team season are going to bring a lot of turbulence. Obviously you're still getting your systems down. You're you got players that are turning pro and, you know, it's just a lot to throw at one young goalie like Dobish. I agree with with everything Patrick just said uh, there. It's it's this is a hard 
this is a hard one to gauge. And it starts with the fact that it's difficult is because it is the goaltending position. We all of us here know, and I would imagine the bulk of our listeners, of course, over the years having listened to us now know that, uh, you know, development at the goaltending position is the longest and most difficult position to develop in hockey. Mm -hmm. This is his rookie season. He is just three short months into his pro career. Um, and he is a rookie goaltender on a significantly underperforming team that is struggling each and every night out of the gate. I think it was probably kind of the, the, the big red flag warning that, uh, opening night of the season Laval ended up home it, the the season opener was also the home opener and Jakob Dobish got pulled from that game uh yep. that was not exactly how I'm sure they envisioned the season would start and it kind of went down downhill from there but here's the good news Jakob Dobish is young this is his rookie season and for all intents and purposes, as Patrick said, he's had way too much pressure and responsibility placed on his shoulders as a rookie goaltender. He's there. This should be the season that he learns the pro game, learns the AHL, and starts to work on the small details of his game to help him grow. He should be more of an observer, not, I'd, I'll say an active observer, because he still needs the starts, but not to be, not to have the pressure to try to to save the team each and every night. Um, in his, even though he's been pulled a few times, a lot of those times, it's not necessarily his fault. It's, it's complete defensive breakdowns in front of him on a lot of those nights. Um, he has shown really good flashes of talent, of natural skill. He has got size, uh, which he is just going to continue to fill out that frame. And he takes up a lot of the net. Um, and the really encouraging part is that now that Strauss man has, struggled unfortunately to the to the point that they've brought in Casimir Cascasuo uh as a as an as another goaltending um option because Strauss Mann has lost his nine his last nine starts Strauss Mann has lost. On the flip side of that they've started to depend on Jakob Dobish even more. I mean two weeks ago they started Jakob Dobish on a Friday night and started him again at three o'clock the next day for a matinee game in the afternoon. Um and what happened, well, he took them to the shootout on that Friday night. And although they lost, he get, did get them to the shootout, turned around less than 24 hours later and won that three o'clock matinee game on Saturday. Then he got the next start. Uh, and that was a win. That was against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms last Friday. That was He was the only reason they won that game. He stopped 42 of 45 shots, and if it had not been for him, uh, the, the Phantoms would have absolutely steamrolled um, the Laval Rocket. And then in his next start, which was this past Wednesday night in Syracuse, he won again. So he has won three of his – he's won three consecutive starts most recently – and the fourth one, he took them to a shootout. So there, he's putting the pieces together, and I think if he gets a little bit of relief and gets a little bit of pressure off of him and a little bit of responsibility off of his shoulders, I think he can really start to build on that. So just before we leave, Jakob Dobas, uh, one more point. And, and um, we said that, that um, Laval has played 26 games. They've only won eight games. And if you look at Jakob Dobas, maybe his uh, goals against and his save percentage – uh, don't look pretty. Um, but of those eight games that Laval has won, um, 
Jakob Dobas has six wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Strassman just two. Yeah. Um, and over the last two weeks, as you said, he's had some strong performance. Win or lose, he's had some very strong performances. Um, you said he's gotten lifted. I think, in my opinion, J.F. Wool's been a little quicker on the trigger to uh, to pull Dobish um, than Strassman, and maybe that's because um, you don't want to hurt the young player's confidence. Um, but just before we leave him, um, I think this was something, Amy, that you touched on on the, the Rocket Hockey Report. Um, it's just the attitude of Jakob Dobish. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he's his attitude is, give me the tough assignments. Put me in the net. And he said something, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something about, I'd rather be in the net and lose 6-5 and have a really tough assignment than have an easy night and get a 2-0 shutout. He, he has said some, he's, he has said something similar to that a few times. There was one occasion where he said, um, I would rather face four breakaways in a game and give up the goal on three of them instead of making four really easy saves because I haven't learned anything. Yeah. Um, so he wants to be challenged. He wants to learn lessons the hard way. Um, and I think that he really has a mature outlook on growing his game in that fashion. Okay. Um, let's move to, uh, Patrick referred to, um, the defense and, and young defense, um, a rookie Logan Mayu and, um, and Amy, why don't you take this one first? Um, for, and, and I know you had, we were kind of sort of categorizing them as, as you suggested. And for Dobesh, I, I'm going to say it's, it's too early for, to tell for him just because he is so young for Mayu, I I'm going to say Mayu is on track. Um, and Mayu was pretty dynamic when he was playing in, in junior hockey and he's continued the, the scoring touch that he has. That is probably the most successful part of his game right now, aside from his size and his physicality, um, he also is a tremendous playmaker and can score. Uh, where Logan Mayu, in my opinion, needs to work on his game is in his own zone. Uh, he needs to work on the defensive part of the game. It's still a long, a long ways to go. Um, but I think that he's, from what we've seen from Logan Mayu, he plays a mature game. Um, we've seen that when he came to, to camp and whatnot, that he looked like a, a, a man, at, at camp, he wasn't looking like a rookie necessarily. Um, and he's continued that in the AHL. He's consistently now uh, on the top pairing. He's paired, since Jacki's been sent down, he's been paired with Arbor Jacki on the top pairing. Um, and he's just a, a solid presence. He just needs to work. He's got a little bit of defensive liability, he needs to shore some things up. But those are definitely teachable things. And I think he's absolutely on track for an NHL appearance. Um, at some point in the in the not so distant future, a tough couple of blue liners in uh, Logan Mayu and Arbor Jacki um, for the opposition to face. Uh, you mentioned about his offensive output; he's got 14 points uh, over those 26 uh, games, uh, but 64 shots on goal, mm-hmm. uh, just behind uh, Joshua Wah and and Brandon Jiniak. So um, he has certainly adapted to the um, the offensive side of the AHL game. Uh, Patrick, what have you what have you seen from Logan Mayu? Yeah, a word Amy used really jumped out and that was teachable. Uh, and 
there's another part of him that you can't teach, which is Vaki 63220. That's right. Um, <laughs> so between kind of uh, his natural given talents and, and uh, physical makeup and then obviously being, you know, being teachable, um, th- those are two pretty good building blocks um, for any young prospect uh, to work with. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily that you have to be 63220, but to, to have that those uh, physical gifts – whatever they may be, um, are, are always um, great starting points. And obviously, they're not in and of themselves enough, but, uh, you know, they're building blocks. And, you know, I think for the thing I, I'm encouraged about with him, and I like this for young players, is he's getting some of that success early, you know, in terms of putting up points and, and, and getting, getting to do what kind of has gotten him to this point. I think sometimes for players when they come in, into this league and they're not able to do what they've always done, that can really really start to kind of play on their mind. Um, and it makes putting together all the other parts of the game that much more difficult. Uh, so um, if, if you're seeing him get that positive reinforcement um, by, by being able to play his own game, I think it, it, it creates a good... A good foundation there to uh, okay now we need to you know we need to whatever the case may be for any player we need to work on you know a b and c you know so i think it, it, it helps sell the message i think both from the coaching staff and also to the player you know to to his own self um that okay you know i i, I can still i can still do what i've always done the you know you don't want to change players and try to make them to something they're not but you also want to augment what they what they already do have and and build out their game so that it eventually it gets to you know an nhl level uh that he'll need I, I i agree with you i think we'll see him at some point up with the habs uh get, getting an opportunity so our entirely too simplistic uh, rating on track to the nhl jury's out too soon to tell or not going to happen i think everybody agrees that logan mayu is on track um mm-hmm. and and is progressing well um in his first pro season um, now the, the prospect that there's been so much excitement about, uh, Joshua Waugh, um, and so many, and for good reason. I mean, we, we saw Joshua Waugh, uh, in the top 10 in AHL scoring very early in the season. Um, and at that point there was calls, bring him up, uh, put him on, on the top line. Let's see what he can do with, uh, Caulfield and Suzuki. Um, and I think wisely, and, and that was before he had even, got to experience a road trip, got to, um, <laughs> you know, um, um, experience some tough mat- matchups so wisely. Uh, and obviously, I think um, Joshua has remained and, and uh, is going to spend, I think, the, unless there's some severe injury problems, uh, the majority of the season in Laval. And that's that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, uh, Patrick, talk about the up and downs, uh, of the season for Patrick, uh, f- uh for Joshua Waugh and, and how he's, uh, adapting. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I spoke with him a couple of times and, you know, uh, I think first off, he's very self-aware, uh, which, which I love for a young player, um, because a lot of them frankly are not. And, um, a lot of them do have that, uh, that belief that oh I you know I should already be in the NHL and you know like he he you know for all the noise and hype around him like I think he's he's been able to to 
blocked a lot of that out. Uh, the other thing that really stood out to me was, you know, he, he, he was talking about his time in junior, right? And, er, you know, midway, I think, through his second year in junior, it was the pandemic year, so obviously a little chaotic. Um, but, you know, he was with St. John in the queue, traded to Sherbrooke. That put him in an opportunity to work with, uh, with uh, Stefan Julian. Uh, the head coach there, who's obviously had uh, you know some 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 time with with uh, with Hockey Canada, you know, very successful um, coach in his own right. He's now with the Grand Rapids Griffins as as an assistant, and is well on track, I think, to be this to be a, a head coach at some point in this league. Um, you know, Julian really made him, um, yeah, kind of really like. Used a lot of tough love uh, with, with uh, Joshua Wah. Like in terms of his fitness, conditioning, you know, obviously the talents there, uh, but sort of all that other stuff was was not there. You know, he, he was getting by just on his 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 natural given ability, which is fine in junior, right? That that can take you pretty far, right? But that's not going to be nearly enough. Um, certainly at the AHL level, never mind the NHL level. And I think that, you know, at least partially was the reason he, I think he fell a little bit in the draft uh, from what you, you might expect. Um, huge year in junior, obviously coming in uh, the past two years. Um, he played actually with uh, Xavier Parent, uh, who was the, the captain with the Phoenix there and uh, is now with Utica. Um, you know, the, you know, very, uh, Paran is very intense, very kind of, uh, you know, undersized type player, guy that's had to kind of scrap and, you know, and really get his, you know, you know, earn everything he's gotten. So I think he was a good influence for Wad. You know, Wad, you know, again, these players, you know, just have to mature. I mean, Wad only turned 20 this past summer. And, you know, I mean, I think, again, we, we often forget, like, how young some of these players are that we're dealing with that, you know, like, hey, you know, just like, any any 19 year old kid like maturity takes time and you know it, 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 it's it's is a, a a path toward learning what you have to do to succeed in not just even the pro hockey world just sort of any adult environment you're in um and so i think Waz done that and you know he's obviously he's had a great start to your points wise uh i think he's been uh, all things considered a relative bright spot um given all the difficulties in Laval this season, I'll be encouraged to see where he can go. I think the the biggest challenge for him will be what you mentioned, will be all that noise around him and, you know, kind of uh, continuing to be able to kind of shut that out and and uh, just, you know, focus on what you have to do at the AHL level. It's not always the fun and glamorous stuff, but it's the stuff that's going to get you to the NHL and keep you there. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I I agree with all of that. I think... Um, I think in some ways he is, to use your categorization, Rick, I think in some ways he's on track and in some ways it's too soon to tell uh, mm-hmm. because he, you know, he started the season like he was shot out of a cannon, as we know, shot to the top of of Laval in terms of scoring, shot to the top of the league in, term, in terms of scoring. He was the league points leader for at least a week, uh, if not longer, and he remains at the top in within the top four or five uh in the league for rookie scoring uh and so he he started off exceptionally strongly at the beginning of the season then he disappeared for a 
about three weeks uh, where he went on. uh, He didn't have points. He wasn't scoring and he kind of disappeared for a little while. He has since started to come back again within the last couple of weeks. He's had a couple of goals and some assists. So he's he's starting to warm up the production again. So I think really Joshua Watt, we know that he's got the tools in the toolbox. I think at this level, it's going to come down to him finding how to make that those tools be effective for him consistently night after night. Um, and I think that's proving to be the adjustment for him and it's going to take a little bit of time. So so yeah, in, in one aspect, I think he's absolutely on track to where we would like to see him, but at the same time, without having the consistency of it, and it's it's only, again, three months into his rookie season as a, as a pro hockey player, it's still just a little too soon to tell. Not so much whether or not he could eventually be in the NHL for, for any kind of responsibility, but how far out that might be. Yeah, and I think he's the perfect example, Joshua Wise, um, and, and a reminder that development isn't linear. There's going to be spurts, there's going to be setbacks, um, and it's how uh, the prospect handles those uh, that that goes a long way to, to how successful they'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about uh, players in Laval. Um, I'm thinking about players who have been promoted to, to Montreal already this season, uh, Emil Heineman just played his uh, made his NHL de- debut um, on Thursday night, um, and was uh, because of an injury, a freak injury, uh, where he, where he collided with the referee. Uh, only had a, a few games in Laval, so we'll leave him alone. We'll also leave Gustav Lindstrom alone. Um, but I want to focus on Jaden Struble. Um, he he's a young player. Um, he seemed to adapt to the AHL very quickly, and now um, he's thriving um, in a protected in, in protected minutes. Um, but he's thriving in uh, the NHL. Um, I wonder if you both could talk a little bit about why he's why he's been able to adapt, why he's been uh, so successful. And Amy, I'll let you go first. I've been really pleased to see how Stroop, how quickly Struble has adapted. Um, when he came in with Laval uh, last season, he showed he he caught attention at that point, showing like you could tell this was kind of a, a defenseman of a different caliber than compared to what they had. Um, and to start this year, he was absolutely hands down the Laval Rockets' best defenseman on most nights to start the season. Um, and so I was pleased to see him get a call up. I was even happier to see that when he did get called up, when he did make his debut and in the games that he's played, he has fit right in like he's kind of always been there. He hasn't looked out of place. Mm -hmm. He looks comfortable. He looks confident. Uh, He has that. So, you know, you, you hear it and you see it in his post game and, and even pregame availabilities with the media. He's got that swagger. He's got, uh, you know, not arrogant, but confident and just he's he knows what he needs to work on. But he you can tell that he is self-assured that he can get there. Um, and even uh, this past uh, this past Thursday on our YouTube channel on on my latest Habs hockey report, I had a, a, a Habs wish list for Christmas. And one of my topics was I hope Jaden Struble gets an extended stay because I'd like to see kind of I hope he gets a, a larger sample size so that we can really kind of see what his current ceiling is so that when he goes back, if he goes back to Laval, 
Uh, he has a very specific uh, target to work on to get himself back to the NHL again. Well, it's going to be interesting. David Savard uh, has come back. That's displaced uh, Gustav Lindstrom and not uh, Jaden Struble. He stayed in the lineup and Jordan Harris is due to come back mm -hmm. uh, sometime soon. Um, so what is it, Patrick? What is it about this player? And and that's not to say that he may not, you know, they're, they're a time... Um, later in the season, maybe even in a few few weeks, he may come back to Lavelle. Uh, but what's allowed him to be to adapt to the pro game uh, so well? Well, I think it's similar to what Amy said. I think it's that um, that confidence and, and uh, odd like assertiveness. Um, mm -hmm. I think, especially for defensemen, um, so often you'll see them come up from the AHL, and they you can tell they they, they feel they don't belong at the mm. NHL level, right? Like, they're just tentative. They're not decisive with the puck. Um, they, it's almost like they shy away from it sometimes. And uh, I haven't seen that with him. Like, he's, you know, kind of a guy that, that you know, wants to kind of, you know, have the puck on a stick, wants to, to, to be involved in the play, wants to kind of uh, press, you know, the play when, when, when the situation requires it. And, I think that bolds really well, right? Because like confidence is, I mean, consistency and consistency and confidence, I think are the two biggest drivers outside of obviously talent that keep players out of the NHL. You know, like there's a ton of top players in the AHL that just have never quite been able to, to master that, that battle of confidence and that, you know, and that goes often hand in hand with consistency. Um, and this is a young player, only 22 years old, you know, who seems to, um, have quite quite a good grip on that already, and, and I think that bodes really well for, for for what he can be down the road. And the fact that he likes to get involved physically doesn't hurt <laughs> doesn't either. Doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> so uh, before we wrap this up um, about uh, the prospects, the prospects in in Laval, um, I wondered if each of you could pick uh, from a prospect we haven't talked about yet. Matthias Norlander, William Trudeau, uh, Sean Farrell, Riley Kidney. There's there's lots to choose from. Um, and Patrick, uh, I'm going to let you make your choice and, and go first. Yeah, I'll go with the uh, young forward, uh, Sean Farrell. Um, you know, coming out two years uh, at Harvard, a product of that great Chicago Steel junior program where, you know, he, he was phenomenal. Also part of the U.S. development program. Um uh, so, you know, some real good, you know, real good kind of bones to, to his foundation, right? Like, you know, for a player that's only 22, fourth rounder by the Habs. Uh, I'll say on the smaller side, but um, he thinks the game well. Like, he, he really has uh, that, that um, I think, ability, that confidence with, again, we're coming back to confidence um, with the puck. And, and those are encouraging um, aspects um, you know, like so many of these players, like, you know, I mean, whether you're talking about their skill and their, you know, the stadium, I, mean, I feel like it's almost like that's for a lot of players these days, that's almost a given. Like, um, that used to be such a thing, uh, for, for young players was just getting their, you know, their, their skating up to par, you know, to a pro level. And now it's like, they all seem to come in and, um, already are excellent skaters. So, um, you know, like, you know, he, I think he's a little stronger uh, on the puck than maybe I realized uh, sort of at the pro level. Um, so I, I like his – I just kind of like what, what he's he's doing. Uh, again, 
I I think the the caveat with him is it, it's it's difficult right now to get a sense kind of where he fits in, kind of the overall context of the AHL, just because uh, there's a lot going on around him. Um, that's you know with Laval, that's just you know not ideal. Uh, so um, I think early on for a guy you know who's two two months into his pro career. Uh, he's got some time with the Habs. He's he's shown some potential with, with, with Laval. I think you'd have to, at least at this point, consider it uh, an early success. And he's a player that uh, now the, back in the lineup on Friday night after um, a, a time with uh, out for injury. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. shown uh, some real good chemistry uh, with Joshua Waugh. And uh, full credit to Canadians development coach Scott Pellerin went to dropped in on practice and said to JF, well, hey, you might want to put the Farrell kid uh, with Joshua Waugh. Now, weather was um, kind of quiet uh, period uh, coincided with with uh, Farrell being out of the lineup. That's that's a question. But we'll see if those two end up back together and and uh, two very um, exciting players uh, yeah. when they're on the ice. And I'm a big fan of, uh, like, you know what they did with him last year, bringing him up at the end. Yeah. Giving him some of those games with, with, with the Habs. Give him a taste of kind of, okay, this is what the NHL is going to be like. This is what you need to do. Send him into the summer with uh, with that lesson. And then, you know, I think it, it really set him up well coming into camp this year and then obviously going into Laval um, and getting his, you know, really diving into the pro game. And Kent Hughes has already signaled that uh, they plan to do exactly the same thing uh, when Lane Hudson's uh, season comes to an end. Um, Amy, um, who do you have uh, that you want to take a look at? I actually want to take a look at Riley Kidney. Riley Kidney, I think, um, when it comes talk speaking of Sean Farrell, I think Sean Farrell and Riley Kidney, a lot of people coming into this season would maybe talk about them in the same sentence and Farrell might have been a bit more of the dynamic player kidney maybe a little more understated he's certainly he's a he's he's a quiet kid uh he started the season quietly uh kind of almost unnoticeable for the first um six weeks of the season or so uh usually on the third line uh sometimes on the fourth line um and what I've been impressed with is that suddenly, despite the fact that Laval has been struggling the amount that they have, Riley Kidney has found his own way to start making an impression and, quite frankly, start moving himself up the lineup. Um, Riley Kidney has come on with with a bit of a scoring touch in the last month or so where he is, you know, for... after he scored his first goal of the season, it was almost like he couldn't stop then. Uh, he's consistently getting on the score sheet, whether it's goals or assists. Um, and he's putting things together at the right time. You, you can see that he's starting to kind of put the pieces of, okay, this is this is what pro hockey is about and how to adapt my game to it. Um, I'll go back to last Friday's game on the road in Lehigh Valley against a Phantoms team that absolutely dominated the game the entire time. The only reason that they were in it was because Dobesh was was basically a brick wall in net. And in the final minute of play in regulation, it was Riley Kidney scoring the power play goal, game-winning goal, to give them that victory that night. Uh, 
Uh, it wasn't, you know, the Gabriel Borks or the Brandon Zinia. It was Riley Kidney who did that. Um, and he has found ways to make himself be an invaluable piece of the puzzle uh, in just about every game that the Laval Rocket has played, uh, even on nights that he's not necessarily scoring or getting an assist. And I think that's a very encouraging sign uh, that Riley Kidney might start to be more of a focus than he was at the beginning of the season. He's been uh, under the radar, and, and maybe, as you say, it was due to his, his uh, quiet start. Um, but six goals already, that's only two fewer than Joshua Waugh. He, As you said, he scored important goals. Um, when he plays in the middle, he looks poised. Um, I just, you know, his shooting percentage is 60, uh, sorry, 14%. Uh, I just like to see him shoot more. He's got a great yeah. shot, great release. Yeah. Uh, and he's starting to, to figure this all out. Um, listen guys, this was absolutely <laughs> terrific. Um, we've plowed through, uh, uh, quite a, a, a bunch of uh, group of prospects and um, we're going to have to do this again and, and check in on uh, Laval's um, group of prospects um, later on in the season. Uh, for now, um, I'm just going to say Merry Christmas to uh, Patrick and uh, you know how um, important you are to to uh, our team and, and uh how much we respect the work that you do, and we're we're we feel really fortunate to be able to talk to you and toss ideas and talk hockey uh, every single day, and uh, we're really grateful when you're able to come on the Canadians Connection and share that knowledge with our listeners. Well, thank you so much for that, and it's quite mutual. And uh, uh, with both of you, and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all of you, and um, thank you. <laughs> we uh it's it's always a pleasure getting to talk to Patrick uh, a, a wealth of information about the AHL and insight and we appreciate you being here um and as Rick said uh Merry Christmas to you as well it's uh probably about that time in the show that it's a good time to take our last break uh and don't forget coming up in our third segment we're gonna have the question of the week coming for our listeners uh lots more to come lots to catch you up on so we aren't going anywhere yet we're just going to say Hold on for just a moment. We've got some great messages for you, and we will be back right after this. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to thn.com slash Montreal. Your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's thn.com slash Montreal. And welcome back to episode 275 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, don't forget, I've mentioned it before. Uh, be sure to follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm. And in this segment, we're going to get to some of your comments. Uh, and if you would like to submit your own message, questions, feedback, uh, commentary, anything, uh, remember, you can do that by texting us at any time via the Rocket Sports text line. That is, once again, 5853-ROCKET. Say it with me now, 5853-ROCKET. Um, first and foremost, what you need to know, what you might have missed from the Rocket Sports media crew across all of our platforms. First and foremost, of course, is our contributions to the Hockey News Montreal team site, uh, the digital platform for the Hockey News you can find that at THN.com slash Montreal. It is all of your Canadians coverage from the Montreal Canadiens to the Laval Rocket, the Trois Rivières Lions and prospects all in one place. Uh, just one link, one URL to remember, THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, you'll also, we've mentioned a couple of times, our YouTube channel. And uh, YouTube is a hopping place for us these days here at Rocket Sports. Uh, if you are missing out, if you are not subscribed and checking in daily to our YouTube channel, you are missing out on some really fun content. You can find our YouTube channel, of course, at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, and uh, kicking most recently uh, on Thursday was my latest edition of the Habs Hockey Report show. Uh, this one was entitled The Canadian's Christmas Wishlist. Five gifts the Habs must get. And, and I, you got one. And I, I mentioned earlier in the show, one of them came true that very night. What are the other four? You got to watch it to find out. All right. Got to watch it to find out. Um, and uh, also this week's Rocket Hockey Report that comes out every Tuesday. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Patrick Williams, he was Patrick Williams is a busy man this week. Mm. He joined me on that show on YouTube uh, to learn, uh, for our viewers to learn all about new Laval Rocket goaltender Casimir Kaskasuo. He gave us kind of his in-depth uh, scouting report, for mostly from when Kaskasuo played those couple of years for the Marlies. Uh, and it's uh, that was a really popular uh, episode. Uh, had well over a thousand views on that. Uh, it was really, really well received. Um, as was the latest Canadians Connection podcast, which comes out, you're listening to the Canadians Connection. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast player, then you know that that drops every Saturday. 
If you're watching it on YouTube, you know that the those drop on Mondays on YouTube. And this most recent one from last week, uh, the YouTube video was called "Wasn't Caulfield Supposed to Score 40 Goals This Season?" Uh, and uh, there were there were certainly some fun comments on that one. Uh, so you want to check that out as well. Um, probably the most exciting thing happening on the channel right now, of course, is the debut this month of our new live game watch alongs. Those are live streams that members of our Rocket Sports Media team are doing on our YouTube channel where you get to watch the game alongside of our Rocket Sports Media team members, interact with them, hear their commentary, their play-by-play, their analysis, uh, get to know new new fans from all over the world. It's a ton of fun. Uh, Michael and Nathan hosted a very fun uh, episode of that uh, on Monday the 18th. That was Montreal against Winnipeg. Uh, and so that is available for replay if you want to check out what you might be missing. Because, Rick, there's another one coming up soon. There's uh, just after, just into the new year. Uh, the game is Montreal in Philadelphia, Wednesday, January uh, the 10th. And Michael and Nathan will be back together once again on our YouTube channel, um, leading this uh, watch along. And yeah, it's it's um, it's very popular. It's lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to interact with the host, but also interact with with uh, Canadians fans from right around the world. Yeah, definitely a ton of fun. And that one's against Philadelphia, so I might need to play um, <laughs> yeah. poke the bear in the chat a little bit <laughs> uh-huh. in that one. That could be fun. That could be fun. Um, also, be sure you have subscribed to this podcast uh, on your favorite podcast app, CanadiansConnection.fm. You can find all of the places uh, that it's available there as well. You know, it's really your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. You don't ever want to miss an episode. It's everything all packaged in one neat, nice, neat little podcast that comes out every week. Uh, you don't want to miss a single episode of it. So be sure you're subscribed. Uh, and Rick, really, the big message from all of us this week is just Merry Christmas to all of our listeners and viewers. Um, just it's a it's a wonderful time of year. It's hard to believe it's here already, but just wishing everyone a really happy holiday season and a very Merry Christmas. Everyone who uh, goes to the, the Hockey News website to read our articles, uh, goes to YouTube to watch the videos or listen to this podcast, uh, we're very grateful uh, we've been doing this now for 15 years, and uh, we know that we have built up a following uh, of people who are very loyal. For that, we're very grateful. Uh, we're grateful that you you share it with your friends and fellow uh, Canadians fans. And I just also want to say a Merry Christmas to our Rocket Sports team, yes. um, who are incredible people, uh, fun to work with, and who make uh, um, an incredible sacrifice to bring the information uh, just because they're so passionate about uh, hockey and about the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Merry Christmas all around. Don't forget, though, we want to hear from you on the Canadiens Connection question of the week. Be sure to let us know what has been your favorite hockey-themed Christmas present like ever. Could have been from when you were a kid. Could have been from yesterday. Uh, We just want to know what is your favorite hockey-themed Christmas present. We love hearing from our listeners and our viewers. Um, And as I've mentioned a couple of times, we love sharing some of those best comments with all of you every week. And as I said, Rick, uh, YouTube has been, our channel has been just hopping, hopping, hopping with all sorts of activity. And in the last couple of weeks, um, there have been dozens upon dozens upon dozens upon dozens of comments on all of our content uh and there was some there was some 
pretty interesting ones. I will say a thank you. Uh, I will specifically say a thank you to Leo. Uh, Leo likes to send in emails to Rick uh, sometimes. Uh, our friend Leo, he has jumped in on the live stream stuff a little bit, and he's been leaving some comments on our regular content as well. So thank you, Leo. We appreciate all of your feedback. And, um, you know, I said Habs fans are everywhere. Uh, Leo from St. Petersburg, uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Rick, uh, I know that you know, we, we talked a bit about Casimir Kaskasuo and, and the Rocket Hockey Report that came out on Tuesday. I did say it was a very popular episode. Um, and let me tell you what, Kaz, with his presence on YouTube as it is, he's got a very devoted following and they showed up on our channel as well. We had a lot of great comments. Um all over the spectrum a little bit about Casimir Kaskasuo, but this one I found one of the most interesting. This is from Rusty Clutch 8632. He says, here for the Kaz news. I've been watching his YouTube channel since the bubble, behind the scenes, goalie cam, day in the life, great stuff. Here's the kicker in his comment. As a Leafs fan, he's conflicted. He says, but if I got to cheer for a Habs franchise to cheer for Kaz, I'm going to have to do it. Well, well, all right then. And he's not the only Leafs fan who jumped into the comments to say something similar that, hey, I'm a Leafs fan, but I'm here to support Kaz if he even if he is with a Habs franchise. So pretty, pretty fun stuff. We have um, comments related to our show last week. Uh, we had Dr. Stephen Morris on uh, talking about Alex Newhook and talking about Cole Caulfield. And what are the reasons for Caulfield's struggles uh, this season? Uh, there was lots expected of him, particularly um, his 26 goals in 46 games, the pace uh, in which he, he scored last season. Uh, so expectations were that he would be scoring, he'd be getting 40 goals, 45 goals. Some uh, predicted 50 goals for Cole Caulfield. He's nowhere near uh, that pace, just eight goals. Um, and and not to, uh, you know, I think um, maybe some people um, misinterpreted uh, the intent. Uh, we were looking for reasons not uh, to lay blame necessarily. And, mm-hmm. and Dr. Stephen Morris came in and talked about the surgery that Cole Caulfield had on his shoulder and, um, you know, whether some patience is needed maybe, uh, as he gets back to a hundred percent. Um, there were some fans who said, chill, uh, the season's, uh, early, uh, season's young. Uh, not, not so much. We're well, uh, well past the, the one third mark of the season. Uh, some said, Hey, listen, uh, Ovechkin is, is struggling. <laughs> He's in a slump, so Cole, Cole Caulfield's in a slump. Yeah. I think that kind of um, Cole Caulfield isn't anywhere. The most goals he's scored in any season in the National Hockey League is 26, so let's not make those comparisons just yet. Uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, Boosh is on the Loosh 702 says, Cole stays close on the left side, waiting for the team to dig out the puck and pass it over to him for a one-timer. Nowadays, there's always a player close trying to intercept or prevent the puck somehow from getting to Caulfield. Um, They watch tape. (laughs) Obviously. They do uh, pregame prep. Um, So the power play has to uh, compromise. Um, And in all of that, he's talking about the power play, and there's been a lot of criticism of the tactics of uh, Alex Burroughs. 
Um, Bush goes on to say, I didn't even touch on his five-on-five play because it's virtually non-existent. (laughs) He's had trouble scoring five-on-five. He definitely has. Um, Galcan FTW says, as of a week ago, Cole and Nick had only had two and three goals, uh, respectively five-on-five. Newhook, who's injured, had four or five himself at five-on-five. This team is full of soft perimeter players, that will always be inconsistent and rely mostly on power plays to get more freedom and space to operate. What I've noticed is players are trying too hard to set up Cole and giving up their own scoring chances. What Cole does well is elevate his shots in close, but in my opinion, he is only effective from about 15 to 20 feet, does not have a power shot that can score from the blue line. Well, we talked about power, we talked about accuracy, we talked about all of the... um, the, the, the physical characteristics that are required for a shot with Dr. Morris last week, you might want to go and listen to episode 274. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very, very good. Well, what's what's also very good is um, your work uh, with uh, well, the YouTube you. channel. Thanks uh, all lot. over, but with the, the YouTube channel. And Center Ice uh, 7948 says... Merry Christmas, Amy. I have so much respect for your professionalism. You do such a great job. One of my favorites with integrity. My wish list, I want Arbor back and for us to clean out the rest of the dead weight. Start trading. <laughs> Start uh, trading. That's Ken right. Hughes. Uh, so a really nice comment. Very and, nice comment. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas to uh, Center Heist. Thank you very much. He's uh, he's another one who watches uh, pretty much all of our content on the YouTube channel and, and comments quite frequently. So we appreciate your, your viewership and your support as well. Thank you very much for those kind words. Um, all right. Well, uh, coming up this week for the Canadians, uh, before the next show here for the Canadians Connection, there's just one. It is just Montreal's visit to the Carolina Hurricanes. That's on Thursday, December 28th. Uh, and then after that, two days later, we'll be back with another Canadians Connection episode on Saturday, December 30th. You get me again. Michael Spinella will be wrapping up his holiday travels at that point. So I will be back guest hosting uh keeping his seat warm for him with uh with rick stevens and i'm looking forward to it yeah we're looking forward to it too thank you for today and i look forward to you being back next week absolutely uh don't forget uh subscribe to the canadians connection on your favorite podcast app share it on social media and thank you once again merry christmas to all of you thanks for listening to the canadians connection podcast right here on rocket sports radio Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.